Hello, Dog Days listeners. It's Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Let's see if I can get through today. I'm really unprepared. I'm going to be partly reading from the Isotopes book I mentioned and partly reading from my laptop, notes from my laptop. Very unprepared today, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, We've been talking about isotope fractionation for a few days, and I think this is going to be the last example we have from it. So, a fascinating case study of the use of oxygen and strontium isotopes in an archaeological context is the reconstruction of the life history of Ertzi the Iceman. Ertzi was discovered in September 1991 by two walkers who had strayed off the well-trodden path in the Ötzl, 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 Alps near the border between Austria and Italy at a height of 3,210 meters. So the border of Austria and Italy. At first, it was assumed that the body was that of a recently deceased climber, but it soon became clear that this was a far more ancient corpse, preserved in ice and naturally mummified. We now know that Ertzi died in his mid-40s about 5,200 years ago. So, some notes I have about this. Uh, Laboratories in Zurich and Oxford performed the first carbon-14 measurements on milligram amounts of bone and tissue from the Iceman. Measurements of carbon-14 in bone and tissue of the Iceman, Ertzi, trying to say that as well as I can, revealed that the original carbon-14 content had decreased to 53%. So, this is carbon dating, remember? You start with a certain amount of carbon-14 when you die, and the percentage of it keeps going down more and more and more every single decade and century that you are dead. The resultant calculations suggest he lived between 3370 and 3100 B.C., well before the construction of the Great Pyramid at Giza, around 2750 B.C., and about the time when Stonehenge Stonehenge construction began around 3000 BC. Okay, so back to the book. The corpse's DNA is only partly preserved and indicates similarities with Central and Northern Europeans. While DNA analysis had, has advanced greatly in recent years, when Ertzi was found, the DNA, which could off, offer better spatial resolution, was not sufficiently well preserved. However, the pollen and moss recovered from his intestines suggest residence in northern Italy shortly before his death. Could isotopic analysis reveal more about his origins and lifestyle? Okay, so as it happens, the corpse was discovered at an alpine watershed with considerable considerable topographic contrast. What they mean is that to the north of the watershed, Precipitation, rain, came mainly from the Atlantic and had to be transported considerable distances so the clouds had to move a long distance to get. To the south, precipitation is mainly Mediterranean-derived and close to its source, so those clouds only went a short distance. Thus, we expect northern precipitation to have a lower oxygen-18 compared to southern rain. Oxygen-18 is the heavy oxygen. And this was confirmed by analysis of contemporary rivers. Ertzi's tooth enamel uh, indicates drinking water with that with lower with higher 
oxygen 18 content, meaning it, he was lived near the source of the Mediterranean. Uh, so the, again, what's happening is if the water evaporates from the Mediterranean, it goes only a short distance to where he was found, and then it falls. And during that short time, some of the, the heavy oxygen-18 had fallen out, but not that much of it. If he grew up just a little bit north, the rain would have come all the way from the Atlantic. It's a long distance for those clouds to travel, and during that long time, more of the heavy oxygen-18 would have fallen. So they can actually tell the difference uh, again, he was right on this border. They can tell the difference between rain that comes from the Mediterranean and falls there and rain, rain that comes all the way from the Atlantic and falls there. So there's oxygen-18 being used to figure out that he actually grew up and lived on the south side, uh, where now is considered northern Italy. Okay. Uh, strontium, we talked about that as well. Uh, it can give you information about uh, what you've eaten, and it varies by location. So strontium isotope measurements on tooth enamel, remember that means it shows where he was as a child, immediately rule out a number of areas as his childhood home. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and the data are pretty definitive that he grew up in an area characterized by metamorphic rocks, his particular type, Adding lead isotopes produced a closest match between his tooth enamel and local geology at a place called Feldtherns. Independent archaeological evidence indicates a Copper Age settlement there, so it seems quite likely that this was his childhood home. So again, they used strontium isotopes and figured out it matched a certain area and then they found archaeological evidence that there was a settlement there. So again, isotopes being used. Uh, so more from my notes. His stomach contents have been analyzed by a variety of techniques, which show that his last meal comprised mainly ibex, red deer, and einkorn wheat. Uh, his intestinal contents have also been examined in detail, and amazingly, 12 very small fragments of mica, a rock used commonly for cereal grinding equipment, had been found and isolated from his stomach. Utsi would have incorporated these mica fragments while enjoying his cereal or from gritty drinks from the local water sources. A common constituent of mica is potassium. We've brought this up before, which exists as a number of isotopes in nature. One of them, Potassium-40 is radioactive. It's only 0.012% of all potassium, but it is radioactive. It has a half-life of 1.25 billion years. One of the radioactive decay products of carbon-40 is argon-40, which is the most common isotope of argon, it turns out. Because of the long half-life of this potassium potassium argon system, it is characteristic of many rocks and can be used to date them. Analytical techniques have evolved to such an extent that this analysis was able to, perform, to be performed on the tiny mica fragments found in Utsi's intestine. The analysis showed that the micas were from the Italian Vishgau Vish Vish area. Again, I don't know where that is, but they managed to locate a particular area 
approximately 20 kilometers south of the discovery area. So that tells you something about uh, where he recently was living, 20 miles, 20 kilometers south of where they fought, found him. Uh, the combined isotopic data indicates that he grew up south of the Austrian-Italian watershed in the Isaac Valley, then as an adult spent time in the mountains of the Vinchgau before setting off for his final journey in the Urzel Alps, a truly amazing piece of forensic isotope, isotope chemistry. So very cool stuff. Finally, I'll just mention this last paragraph in the book. Whatever his business in the mountains, he seems to have met with a violent end. Although initially elusive, chest x-ray revealed a flint axe head lodged in his left shoulder. An unhealed wound to his hand suggests that he was in a fight hours or days before his death. There was also a serious blow to his head and a fracture of his skull, which may indicate a blow or fall. Somebody had it in for him, and isotopes have helped to provide background to the life of this 5,000-year-old murder victim. So there you go. I know I didn't explain that too well, but I hope you see how isotopes again were used to give some history and background to Utsi, the Iceman. See you tomorrow.